Well sound, Scotty. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Podcast. Good afternoon, Scott. Here with me is Liam. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello, Paul. How are you? Good afternoon, Scott. I'm well. Good. Has everybody recovered from Paul's flat warming party? Oh, just. <laughs> yeah. It took a while. It took a while. We're back here drinking again. <laughs> no, we don't do that. Um, November in the podcasting podcasting world, movie podcast. A lot of the guys out there are doing something called Noir November. So they dedicate November to noir movies. Now, the only noir movie that you two have seen... <laughs> Doesn't deserve to be mentioned. <laughs> and I think regular listeners will know. So we've elected not to look at noir movies because of your previous bad experience. Randomly, and it's not because it's November, I just think randomly, we've got three John Hughes movies. Yeah, yeah. we've said for a while that we were going to try and do a, a few of them together. I think it just came out of a conversation, didn't it, where we said, oh, that's a great film, that's a great film, yeah. and then we just said, well, let's do, do a season, like a season of three or four. So for the next three episodes, we've each selected a John Hughes movie. Can we do them chronologically, just so we can see how they evolve? Yeah. Is that okay? If you know the order. I'm pretty sure it goes in this order. <laughs> it goes 16 Candles, yeah. Breakfast Club, then something wonderful. wonderful. Right. So that would be 1980, 85, 87. 16 Candles, 1980. It was his first, one of his first films. 1980. No, I'm sure, oh it was 84. God. Because, was it? Because yeah. Molly Ringwald only like 15 when she was in it. She looks a lot, younger, uh, a lot younger in yeah. um, 16 Candles when I watched it this week. What What is the appeal of a John Hughes movie? I think they're just. <clears throat> I think it's quite difficult, really, because you look at any teen films nowadays and in the 200, 2000s. What year was it? 84. Oh. Still. Were well, they unique? Is that what you're saying? They're gonna they're specifically eighties, aren't they? You know, it's yeah, a John Hughes movie. God, you know, it's the eighties. From, just from the credits on all three of these films, you <laughs> knew they were eighties movies. I think this thing he was like a he was the eighties with the films that he made yeah. and how they have impacted on people growing up at that time. I mean, obviously, I didn't see him in the eighties because yeah, we got to bear that in mind as well because mm. they're. Me and Paul were teenagers. When yeah, we were were... the same age as the characters in these films. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Which is why when I say to people how much I like, I love the American Pie films, people go, I was stupid. I'm like, 
I was the same age as yeah, that's your generation in that film and yeah. how they grew up. So it's the same as like yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, You're stiffler. Yeah, well, I was actually shit break because I used to go home from school to go to the toilet. <laughs> but yeah, now I'm a sniffler. <laughs> Did you see these at the cinema, Paul, or are they sort of video? Because it's the video age as no. well, the eighties, wasn't it? So. None of none of these at the cinema. Me neither. No, but we're fully aware of them at the time. Um, mm, only one I would have been aware of was Breakfast Club. All oh, right, okay. Because I remember like. John Hughes movies were a fairly big thing, especially the soundtracks when yeah. we were growing yeah. up. You know, somebody would bring in a cassette of the, the soundtrack to Ferris Bueller or something. Like I mean, that, you know. I think I might have seen Ferris Bueller at cinema, yeah, and possibly Planes, Trains. Yeah, so you know, John Hughes isn't just a director. I mean, when we get to some kind of wonderful, he only wrote and produced it. Yeah, I think he was the writer for some of the National Lampoon stuff as well, Vacation or yeah. Christmas yeah, yeah, Vacation. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the first ones that he... That's how he started, wasn't yeah. it, for National Lampoon? And then after this period, you get the Home Alone type stuff from 1990 yeah. onwards, which he does. And when was Planes, Trains? 90s? Uh, no, oh, no, it was 87, I think. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Planes, Trains, we would have done, but we've reviewed that previously, yeah. unfortunately. Love that film. Have we got a favourite John Hughes movie? I mean, we haven't necessarily picked our favourites, have we? Mm. I did. You did? Yeah, I did. Bre- Bre- <laughs> Breakfast Club's my favourite. I-, I can see how Breakfast Club is a lot of people's favourite. I think it's the typical John Hughes movie. It's yeah. the one that everyone remembers. If you ask anybody to name a John Hughes movie, they'd say Breakfast Club, yeah. I think. For me, it's Breakfast Club or Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink, again, yeah. is fairly typical of him so, as well, yeah, isn't it? Pretty in Pink, I, I love. Um, Planes, Trains is my favourite. If, if you... If I was to choose one of his funnier films, mm. that that's definitely. I mean, I love Home Alone one and two. Both yeah. brilliant films. They are funny, and because yeah. I got to see them when I was a little kid, yeah, because they came out when I was perfect like, age yeah. for you yeah. again. Yeah. See, yeah, I was like knocking on twenty when they came out, so wasn't quite the same for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's play the trailer. First up will be Sixteen Candles. Trailer. 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 What's the story? I mean, you got a guy or...? Yes, three big ones and they left went blood. Her name is Samantha Baker, and today is her 16th birthday. Fred, she's gotten her boobies. Oh, <laughs> I'd better go get my magnifying glass. They forgot my birthday. Classic. This is the single worst day of my entire life. Universal Pictures presents... <laughs> Score, a direct hit. 16 Candles. The story of a girl who's stuck with a guy who's driving her crazy. Nice manners, babe. And stuck on a guy she's crazy about. Who's Jake? Jake Ryan. Jake's my boy. Jake is a senior, and he's beautiful and perfect. He doesn't even know you exist. He smiles at me, and I don't say anything. I can't believe I'm such a jerk. You quit feeling sorry for yourself. It's bad for your complexion. Do you know Samantha Baker? Kids are looking at me a lot. It's kind of cool the way she's always looking at me. Maybe she's retarded. What's happening, hot stuff? His name is Long Duck Dong. Nothing could shock me anymore. Underpants. Can I borrow your underpants for 10 minutes? Girls underpants. Rock and roll rubbish. Everybody in this family has just gone totally at her limits. 
You guys, you just gotta be cool. You just gotta chill out and just be cool. Just watch me. Why, you little scuzzbag. I'll let you take Carolyn home. She's so blitz, she won't know the difference. Jake, I don't have a car. You can take mine. Get out of here before anything else terrible happens. She's stuck between a halfwit. Very hot! Very hot! And a heartbreaker. I want a serious girlfriend. Somebody I can love. It's gonna love me back. Pretty intense, huh? Over. Everyone she knows is either on her case. You know you're the one I want to bug, huh? Or out of their tree. Monday! It only happens once in a lifetime. This has got to be a joke. And once is enough. Happy birthday, Samantha. This is getting good. 16 candles. Sixteen Candles, released in the USA on the 4th of May 1984, written and directed by John Hughes, starring Molly Ringwald, Justin Henry, Anthony Michael Hall. Um, these this cast is in order of appearances, so I've got to pick out the main ones. John Cusack's in there. Joan yeah, Cusack's yeah. in there. Yeah, it's when I saw Joan Cusack's <laughs> Which one's Joan? The one She's in the neck, the neck brace. brace. Oh, on the bus. yeah. <laughs> Weird. You can always tell because she looks exactly like John Cusack. <laughs> and she's in virtually every movie with him. Yeah. Con Air, she's in it. Um, Gross Point Blank. They're, they're always in movies together. Liam's choice for the episode. It's uh, synopsis is a no. It's Paul's. Is it yours? It was mine because you hadn't seen it. Yes. Right. The synopsis: A girl's sweet sixteenth birthday becomes anything but special as she suffers from every embarrassment possible. Sounds a bit like my sixteenth birthday. <sighs> Liam, you've seen it before. I have. Yes. I only watched it for the first time about three, four months ago. Funny okay. enough, because it was one of the missing John Hughes's that I hadn't seen. So first time watch for you, Paul. Tell us about sixteen candles, mate. Where do you start? <laughs> it's obviously I know Molly Ringwell from I'd seen Pretty in Pink before, yeah. and yeah, it's the story of her sixteenth birthday, which all her parents and that forget because of an upcoming wedding of her sister. Yes, and yeah, it's a typical teen movie of embarrassment, but a bit of falling in love and. Yeah, it's. I enjoyed the film as a whole, mm-hmm. but there were bits in there where I cringed. We need to talk about those at some point because mm. as soon as you mentioned Sixteen Candles, because I'd only seen it three months ago, mm. th- there is that particular scene. Yeah, and, and another element of it as well <laughs> that um, I thought, oh, this is going to generate some discussion. Is it a typical team movie? I mean, did we have team movies like this before Sixteen Candles? Um, in this vein, I don't think we did. No, not in that vein. I mean, you've got the feel for your ones like uh, Porky's and things. Yeah, and, the teen sex comedy. Yeah, but things. nothing, nothing like this. I don't. I can't recall. I might be wrong. But no, I can't think of any. I mean, b- before the eighties, you wouldn't have had a teen movie. They're all westerns and wars and. Well, kids' movie was for kids. Yeah, there wasn't anything. Yeah, there, there was nothing aimed at that. Like. Teenage market was there. I, I think, think that's why they say John Hughes is like the creator of. He's created his own genre, hasn't he? There was only like your Disney kids films or your adult films. Yeah. There was nothing for yeah. the in between. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean the ones for the teenagers would have been. I don't know. Perhaps Greece in the late seventies would have appealed to the teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Stay Alive, like Night Fever, but, but even that had an eighteen. But again, didn't it? That, those were 
all three of those were musicals. Yeah. To a degree, so. So there was nothing that sort of highlighted the team everyday team problems, as it were. No. No. But looking at this film, it's almost like to me, he's testing the water for some of his later films. Mm-hmm. He's like he's trying this, and he, it, it's like he's, he's made a great or well, good film, but it's getting himself ready for a greater film going forward. Yeah. He's learning from his mistakes, I think, in these in this film. And there are a few mistakes in this film. We'll come back to that. Liam, yes. you've seen it a fair few times. I have indeed, yes. Your thoughts on it? Um, well, I, I, it is, like um, Paul said, it is your... Uh, well, I do, yeah. I think it's your typical like, sort of teen movie in the sense of you, you can kind of tell what's going to happen anyway from the moment she's sitting writing the little quiz in class and yeah. she drops it and the guy picks it up. Yeah. Yeah. You immediately know. If, if you've never seen it before, you can look at that and go, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Because especially in today's day and age, it's, it's very obvious. Um, but I have to say, um, what's his name? Farmer Ted. Anthony Michael um, Hall, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall, yeah. He was so irritating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I love... He, he plays it well. well. He really does, because <laughs> in The Breakfast Club, a completely different role that I felt for. But in this, I was just like, oh, you need to get punched in the face. Yeah. And the way he spoke to his own friends, is like, yeah. I was like, I would have punched you. The thing yeah. that got me... John Cusack like that. <laughs> uh, the, the, the bit that got me about him was that he's developed this Casanova mm. persona so yeah. well that even, he's even learned how to make a martini and things yeah, like that. that, that, that yeah. Silly little things. Like he's got this very adult head because he's thinking, I know what the ladies want. They need a man that can make a cocktail. They need a man yeah. that can do this. And I thought that was quite funny. I think quite a bit annoying. Both him and Molly Ringwald were 15. That's in incredible that when you yeah. think about it. 15. Yeah. Then again, you look at the kids in the new It movie, I suppose they were even younger, weren't they? And they were brilliant actors. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. That, yeah of course they? they were. And the Stranger Things kids are absolutely yeah. fantastic, aren't they? But... Yeah. yeah, of course it would have been your young kids. Look at Goonies and things like that mm, yeah. back yeah. in the eighties. Mm. But then that's what we were saying. Then but they were kids' films. Yeah, we're going a couple of years old, and they're into the late teens, the fifteens, the sixteen-year-old, and we've got a whole new set of movies here mm. that were never really seen previously. No. Any favourite bits of the movie before we talk about the controversial bits? I think it's difficult to pick like a favourite bit. Could you see the similarities between this and say? Some of the National Lampoon stuff he did, like the family relationship, I thought was very similar to the Griswolds. Yeah. When the, when the grandparents turned up and yeah. things like that, it was a bit like Christmas Vacation. That yeah. Everybody's in the house for the, the big wedding, you know. And so it was, Paul mentioned the other day about the slapstick, yeah, sort of humour in it, and it was a bit when I was watching. It was Jake Ryan and his mate, and they're in the school gym doing like chin ups. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. all of a sudden he just puts his hands on top of the bar. I was like, what? And then they're just yeah. standing on the floor. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, really? But yeah. then I th- that was a thing I found common with all three films that we're going to talk about is there's a lot of exaggeration. Yeah. Mm. Uh, with The Breakfast Club, we'll talk about it. But the whole scene when they're, you know, they're dancing in the, in the library yeah. or the glass door breaks when yeah. the Estevez goes mad. And yeah, things like that. There's a lot of exaggeration. Yeah. Um, I, I did think that this film in particular, it just almost lost its way at times where it was concentrating on Molly Ringwald's character and what was going on and then went completely almost like Free Stooges sort of comedy. Yeah. comedy. And it's just like, I, I don't know that it fitted 
in the same film. Yeah, I know there's a tradition of that going back to like the 30s, which were the screwball comedies that start off with this really good sort of like conversational banter between, say, like Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant or whatever. But then the plot would just get more and more bizarre. Like bringing up baby, there's a you know a, a panther or a, a leopard or something brought yeah. in, you know, and it, it just seems to end up with a custard pie fight almost. That's the only thing yeah. you're probably missing, yeah. you know, so, uh, or a, or a car chase, you know, one of those yeah. you know I, Keystone I mean, the, Cop type things. The Chinese character. Let's um, talk about him. Long duk, long duk, long. I mean, obviously it was a. I don't know if it was acceptable back then, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the references to him of the Chinaman and. Yep. The, yeah. Uh, it's just like you could never get away with that in a film nowadays. No, not now. Also, the fact that wasn't his accent. Was he American? Was he's he? from Utah. Because oh, I was looking. At <laughs> his um, parents moved there, so he he copied his friend's Korean accent. And when he told John Hughes that mm. it was fake, he genuinely thought he was going to get fired, and John Hughes just laughed. <laughs> I think that guy went on to become token Asian in a lot of 80s yeah. films. Isn't he always like a Japanese tourist? Yeah, because I recognised him. Yeah. And I was looking in a lot of the films. There weren't things I'd known him to be in, but yeah. he obviously has a bit part of He made a career just, out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. It was just... It, and I think it, you can kind of see where some of the modern day teen films get that sort of thing from. Like having the random guy that's just like the party animal that just yeah. appears in the background. There are a lot of stereotypes, aren't there, common throughout all these films. Yeah, you know, yeah. you get the princess, you get the jock, you get the nerd, you get, yeah. the, you know, all those sort of things. You know? I think, again, it's, it's the same with like any teen high school sort of thing is you have that mixture. So mm. instead of, which is very rare that you'd ever see a film purely based around jocks or just geeks. Mm. Because there it's, would be a whole... Yeah, because yeah, you'd be like, well, what are they going to do? What can... You yeah. need to integrate them. Somehow. Yeah, unless you're focusing on like the exploits of the football team or something. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there was a TV show called Freaks and Geeks that yes. was um, like Seth Rogen, James Franco when I was yeah. all kids. That was brilliant. Mm. But again, they weren't just geeks; it was the freaks and the geeks. Yeah, yes. and then their interactions. So you've got to, so you've got to have that. have the comparison in there to appreciate yeah. how geeky or how mm. jockey they are. Like, like the American high school system and, and the way things are are completely different to what yeah, we're you, used to. You're proper segregated. Like if you're the oh, geek, yeah. you're over there. Yeah. Well, that's it's it. Because well, you get but, scholarships for the yeah. athlete, athletic people, yeah. and more often with the intelligent people, they've made their way in and off their own back. Yeah. But but we had the same problems growing up as teenagers at school, didn't yeah. we? Oh, we, Christ, yeah. Just on a different level or a different... I was an in-betweener, so I was all right. You was an in-betweener. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, because it's like, like my sports and that, I was friendly with everyone. Yeah. I was like mm. the cool kids and what. But I also spoke to the geeky the swaps, kids. Yeah. yeah. Not, but I was not like geeky in because I'm thick as shit. So I was never <laughs> geeky in the fact that I'd done my work properly. But yeah, I was in between. I'd flip between. Oh, yeah. I think I'd have to say I was similar. I was good at sports, not great, mm. and I was semi-intelligent, but not not a dork. So you could see all of these characters. You recognise <laughs> Paul's a dork. He is now. He worked hard to become one. Yeah. That's what he's done. Just with you know, keep your heads down, kids. With with careful, you know, careful studying. You two could be like Paul. Um, <laughs> oh fuck you. <laughs> So the the Asian guy, Long Duk Dong. <laughs> He's Long Duk Dong, isn't it, or something yeah, like that? Yeah. yeah, Long Duk Dong. Long yeah. Duk Dong. Embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, very embarrassing. Very but there is 
up to this point, it has been going on in Hollywood for nearly a hundred years. Yeah, we've spoke about this before. Blackface. We spoke yeah. about Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's that does the world's worst Japanese impersonation ever. <laughs> um, even up to, I'm just trying to think, what were we talking about? I watched the um, Peter Jackson King Kong the other night. Yeah. There's people blacked up in that. Is there? I thought you were going to say that King Kong wasn't a real monkey then. No, or, yeah. Or no. it wasn't black. Well, there's <laughs> yeah, certainly, when rampage. the natives, when they land on the island on Skull Island. yeah. yeah. And the natives all come out of the rocks and, you know... The, Doesn't it take ages in that film to get there? It does take a long time to get to King Kong himself. But I'm pretty sure these kids, even though they had, like, white features, they were black, blacked up. And I'm thinking, well, it's not mud and it's not dirt and grime. I'm going to have a look at have this. Have a little look, especially the young girl. Did Peter Jackson black up people in a film? <laughs> King Kong, Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that the one with the silly giant centipedes and It wasn't silly and... at all, Paul. It was a King Kong movie. Giant Apes movies are one yeah. of my favourite oh. genres ever. Do you know, know they, they, they actually use real they gorillas for real it? Real <laughs> like when they use real, real gremlins. Yeah. I won't have you knock anything to do. Any movie that's got a talking monkey or a giant monkey in it will always be watched by me. I'll have you know. Liam's checking on this black cup. I am fact. trying to find. Or at least just look at the picture. I mean, if you want to carry on while I try and find this. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for us, Paul, growing up in the 80s, you know, Benny Hill was racist as anything. Oh, you know, he Christ, had Chinese yeah. characters, didn't he, that he but, used to... But again, it wasn't it wasn't seen or seemed as racist. You weren't, you weren't trying to be horrible about it, but it was just passing racism. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> which totally is not acceptable. Yeah. But 30 years ago... It was different. It did, it did jar. I'll, I'll, I will say that. Now to me, that's a white woman that's been blacked up. But then there's a young girl. I thought that was just dirt all over. That's her what face. I thought at first. But then it's it's like really great. Look, is that dirt? Well, her eyes are blue. Yeah, this is the thing. She's got and I know you do get there, black people there. with. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a white kid, isn't it? That's far too white. Yeah. That was that the one. A, it's very, very. Yeah, those. Can you see that, Paul? Those two. Yeah, they. Um, I mean, it looks it from here. There you go. Yeah, it looks like it's. That's to me. Just didn't look like dirt. No, because. Yeah, you wouldn't have dirt everywhere, right? and on your, not unless you're living in mud, because <laughs> it's literally all in the hairline and everything. Yeah. unless they put it on themselves to try and camouflage that's the only thing I was thinking well, yeah. because they come out of the rocks and things like yeah. that yeah it could so, be like a war paint yeah. sort of thing but even if King Kong isn't the, the latest example it was still being done yeah into the 90s must have been you know oh and, crikey yeah well the stereotype things like um with that long duck dong and stuff like that <laughs> we laugh every time you say yeah. that <laughs> it's, it's now I think Especially in today's day and age, everything is getting sterilised. Two Simpsons are um, <laughs> deleting Apu. Yep. They're taking them out of it because the stereotype, and you're like, and it's like everyone was saying, well, then can you take out that bald alcoholic man because that could be like my dad. My dad's bald and alcoholic. It's just like, you, surely you can't just go, like, I'm Indian, I don't like these doing an Indian accent. Yeah. Well, especially for, like, I look at it, I know, like, Asian and Indian have big like Bollywood films and they yeah. have huge martial art films in Asia. But 
they're not represented that well in the Western world. So what's the problem if there is an Indian person in a, a cartoon for God knows how many years now? 20 plus, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or even and if it's a representation of what, if at that time they couldn't get an Indian to play or a Chinese person or what, what's the problem? You're, it's like re- you're being represented in that film. Would you rather they just scrapped it and went with just an American or... It's Hank Azaria, isn't it? Does Apu's voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. Everything um, is becoming too soft. It's just, we can't say or do anything. Yeah. But but saying that, how did you feel when that character came on the screen? Was you Did you wince, Paul? Because yes. it was your first view. Yeah, you were like, oh, that's a bit... Yeah, it yeah. just, as soon as he was introduced, you thought, this is going to get rather cringeworthy. Mm. And it did, it became that slapsticky parody of mm. an oriental gentleman, basically, yes. didn't it? Even to the fact that he was dancing with the older woman at the, the prom or the dance yeah. or wherever it was, yeah. and it's all just this whole series and of... doing very weird things on exercise bikes, and, what, yeah. and it's just like... No need for he was riding the woman, which I didn't understand. That was yeah. on the bike. How was yeah. he on top riding? I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I think that adds, again, It's if you used to put that, say, American Pie with... Uh, um, uh, Finch doing Stifler's mum Stifler's mum and yeah. things like that it's, it's that you have that bit of it's, just, it's, it's exaggeration there's certain yeah. scenes or elements of all of these films that I said that are just over the top yeah I don't think it would have been as cringy if it was I don't know, nothing against him putting on a Korean accent but if it was an actual Chinese person or if it was just a, an American whether it be mm. black white maybe but I think where like you, cause you can you can tell the accent is really forced. Yeah. And it just, I think that also adds to the There's cringy. Also, also no need for the character in itself anyway. No, it doesn't add anything to the plot. Yeah, the no. Nana Granada over and they've got foreign exchange student they've brought to, yeah. brought in for that cheap comic effect, isn't it? Why would a Nan and Grandad have a foreign exchange student? <laughs> Which turned out that I think he might have been their slave. Yes. <laughs> he was yeah. mowing the garden. He go. was doing yeah. all the washing. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. he? like... Yeah. Okay, he's your slave. That's yeah. what it boiled down. They didn't mention his education or anything, but no. they mentioned that he does. And, and also, house. the granddad at one point just said something, and I thought, it's a bit creepy. He, he was saying, oh, he's a lovely boy. Yeah. And I was like, okay, is there something more to this? Yeah. <laughs> See, all, all our previous in, like, impressions of John Hughes have been shattered over these three movies. <laughs> I, it's, it's just a case of it was okay at the time. Yeah. yeah, nobody mentioned it. Yeah, And I think that's what you have to look at films for, because you could you could go through everything now that we all grew up watching and go, that wouldn't be accepted if that was made now. Yeah, You, you can watch Friends, for example. That should, people have an outcry over Friends because of oh, things yeah. that are said in it. You know, like, we, grew grow up, up. we grew up watching it Ain't Half Hot Mum. You won't yeah. see that on a TV channel not nowadays. Anymore. Not anymore. But is it, it's, it's not a bad film though, is it? No, I don't think no, so. I think it's no, still, it's still funny. It's say, still... I, overall, I thought it was a good film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's things like the racism and, and? the disturbing bit in the, um, the car. car, in the Rolls Royce that he just let someone drive that didn't have a driving license. <laughs> That's not the worst bit about it. No. No. Actually, swapped a pair of Molly's knickers for um, a do-what-you-like-to-my-passed-out girlfriend. That's the best way of describing it, mate. Yeah. Which is... Well... We've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is this on Blu-ray? Because um, yes. I know Liam normally buys. Yes, Blu-ray. it is. is I, it? I like the copy I watched was very good quality. Because I was wondering if it hasn't been released or issued on Blu-ray. No, I can't remember because I was looking for them. We couldn't find some like it, uh, some kind of wonderful, some, some like it, it, some like it, some like it, wonderful, some like it, wonderful. That's not on Blu-ray in this country. It came out on DVD. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, is it because? If they were to bring this out now and make a big promotion of it, oh, it's oh, the, yeah. it is okay. Yeah. That's fine. Then. There would be like this bit of backlash on it because it is now generally regarded as the most controversial of the John Hughes yeah. movies. I mean, yeah. the only thing that you could say was a saving grace in that position is that he didn't take advantage of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it was implied that he knew that. Final Ten was a virgin. Yeah. You could tell that, you know, as long as you make sure you take her home, do what you like. Yeah. She's unconscious, do what you And it's that thinking, you're a virgin. You've, that how he's shown himself is that he's crap with women. Yes. He doesn't know anything. So maybe he's just done that. Yeah, you can do it like thinking, you ain't going to do anything. Because yeah, you, you, you don't even have to drive. Yeah. 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 It's like saying that to give him that, oh, yeah, I'm the Casanova, like you said. And he's now, mm. oh, cool. And it's called his bluff. And he's like, oh, crap, I can't drive. What? And that panic. <laughs> yeah, perhaps that's but, what it is. But he's but, still there. Yeah, he's still yeah. there. <laughs> and, and also leading up to that point is the fact that Molly's character... Sam. Sam, yeah. Gave him the pair of knickers in the first place that was so he could not lose face wasn't it yeah. yeah, and, and yeah. then he went into the toilets selling tickets one dollar ago yeah. so he could show them and I'm like that's wow. good business yeah <laughs> that's genuinely good business <laughs> if you can get someone if you don't have to do anything and you can get a girl's knickers and the geeks will pay you a dollar and there must have been 16, 20 kids in, in the 80s yeah. 20 dollars yeah. And also, yeah, a, a dollar in 1984 yeah. been worth at least five or ten. Exactly. Now, yeah. <laughs> That's just good business market for him there. Yeah. <laughs> he started something there. That's why now you see on Twitter models sell their knickers to desperate men. See? They do indeed. They do. People want that sort of stuff now. They set a trend. How do you know that? How do I know? Because <laughs> some of the models I, f- models I follow on Twitter have, but they're selling it. And I'm like, really? And people put on there, oh, how much? I'm like, what is wrong? You yeah, used or unused. I just literally, you know, I look at them like, I couldn't even, even if I wanted to say anything, I couldn't because my mum follows me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> How much for these knickers? <laughs> oh, not you, mum. <laughs> yeah, it's for a friend. <laughs> yeah, asking for a friend. Yeah, I want to buy my mum something nice for Christmas. <laughs> Is it a typical John Hughes movie then? I think you can clearly I, tell. Yeah, I think yeah. it was the forerunner of, yeah. Could, could, you look at this um, without knowing anything about it and say, yeah, that's that's John Hughes. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, literally yeah. from the yeah. moment it yeah. starts, you um, can just say Because we, we think he sort of invented yeah. this particular type of film. Yeah. Yeah. Also, something that sticks out throughout the three films is there's a certain few actors he uses on a regular basis. Yes. I'm pretty got, sure the caretaker yeah. in Breakfast Club crops yes, up in he this. Did. Randy, who marries the sister. Yes. yes. He crops yeah. up in this. bit more hair. Yeah, well, because the side's not on top. There was a bit that I didn't, because I, I kind of thought I'd noticed something, because obviously I knew that she was getting married, and mm. I hadn't seen this film for ages, yeah. but um, I saw she had a picture on the wall, and I was like, 
that's the caretaker from Breakfast Club. From Breakfast Club. And I thought, yeah. and then when it turned out he's actually in it, I thought, no, oh, it's not so hard. Yeah. I've not found something out here. <laughs> it's very obvious who he is. Yeah, and I think the grandmother was in a couple of things as well. She's quite oh, famous. The, yeah. the bit in that made me cringe when mm. they're cooking breakfast and she's got the long fag ash yeah. hanging on. She's yeah. trying to with the oh. trying to stop her. I was just, <laughs> get it, get it, get it. She's just, <laughs> no, if that drops oh. in your food, you're like, oh, oh. things ruined. My favourite character was um, Joan Cusack, I think, just in the neck brace. Just that running theme of her. What, just... what, what was the neck brace for? We um, don't know. We, did, we don't need to know. Because it just looked, you wouldn't send someone to school with that on. <laughs> I think imagine you... the kids <laughs> grabbing hold of that. It's that when you have someone that's got like a, because I used to know a kid who had like a spine issue. Whatever, it's screwed and it had to keep them up. Yeah. So they had to wear it every day. And it is. But even um, uh, the geek. Um, and Michael Hall. Yeah. Mm. He when he woke up after falling asleep and mm. he had that brace thing yeah. round his yeah. face. <laughs> that I don't know how that got onto his face. No. Like, Does he was carry it with, with him? <laughs> yeah. You you knocked on your mate's door, they come and took a photo and you wake up with that in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly on as well. You're like, <laughs> mind you. Ow. We know the Americans do like to have their perfect teeth, so yeah. obviously they always put themselves it. through yeah. a lot of pain to get there. Oh yeah, they really do, because they always take the piss out of the English people yeah. in their teeth, don't they? Mm-hmm. Quite rightly, I think we have got very bad teeth as a nation. <laughs> um, are we going to score this out of five? Bearing yeah. in mind you've got to give scores for the other two, so judge accordingly. Um, I would say around the three. A three, Liam. I would go for, yeah, three. Generous three. That's what I'm going to say, bearing in mind what I'm going to be scoring the other two. I'd, yeah. I'd watch it again yeah. if it was like on telly one day and yeah. I flick through. I wouldn't search it out to watch it again, necessarily. Mm. Well, I'd only seen it, as I say, two or three months ago, and I watched it again this morning, mm. and I was still chuckling away at it, and I saw yeah, a few it, things in it I'd missed on the It's got some amusing bits. Yeah. Um, it outweighs the cringeworthy bits. The, contro- the, the controversy? The controversy. I can't even speak. The controversial. The, the controversial pieces, thank you, Liam. Um, do sort of pale into, not insignificance, but they're not... Uh, if I you think, were to read any review of it now, that's yeah. the thing that people latch onto, is, yeah. is the racism and that, you know, the, the rape or potential rape, whatever it might and, be. And that's the thing, you can think of how you take that whole film, an hour and 35 or hour. Yeah, and they're all there about an hour and a half, aren't they? You, you break it all down and you take about the, the small scenes that... Mm-hmm. Long Duck Dong has, yeah, and then also match that with the little clip of as long as you make sure you take a hope. They actually, they might be to some people a major thing, but mm. that's just implied. It's not actually happened. Yeah. So you take it's like two three minutes of the film, and the rest of it's a great teen comedy, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's light hearted. It's entertainment. It wasn't one where I had to be glued to the screen for the. No. entirety of the Didn't film. Didn't miss anything if you um, glanced away, yeah. 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 Do you know what, speaking of like that scene where it's implied that he can do what he likes mm. with a drunk woman, which is incredibly wrong, if that was a horror film, no one would care. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's the context, to be horrific. isn't it? True. But to turn around and go, and that's, that's why I always find that double standard. So mm. someone can say, oh, it's fine that that happened because mm. it's a horror film. And she would have got killed, and you're like, but, "Oh, so it's fine that she dies after being yeah. raped." But if she, if it's implied that you can take her yeah. home and do what you like, that's but, just worse. But if you look on the other side, this is a film 
aimed at teenagers at their high school or just about to go to high school. I'm more concerned that Jane Ryan's and, 23 in real life and kissed a 15-year-old girl. That's true. He's seven years older than Molly Ringwald. Wow. So he's 22 and he's 23. And he kissed a 15-year-old. She was 16 in the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah according to the title. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sorry, if you look at the whole concept of the film that it's a 16th birthday and her parents miss it, or all her family miss it. I don't think that would ever happen. No. That's not what she says about the grandparents. She's like, it's the one thing I fucking remember. It's yeah. Birthdays. Yeah. Well, they, 16th, uh, especially in America, because 16th, 16th is a huge, huge birthday over there. Home alone. They forgot Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. But at least they had a like, thing. They had to count all them kids. It wasn't the little next door neighbour. And the neighbour was there, the little one who played on the thing, and they counted their heads. That was more valid. <laughs> he will forgetting argue a, for home Forgetting home. a birthday. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Forgetting a child. <laughs> Easily done. So that's 16 candles. We'll be back with what we're watching next time. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Next time we're going to jump forward about a year or two, I believe. A year. Is it a year? So it's the funniest. I think he made about two or three this year as well, didn't he? This was the Yes, because one of the Ferris Bueller's. They yeah, often about 86. Yeah, they're all around this time. This starts yeah. Yeah. picking up with the golden age of John Hughes, yeah. as we're going to call I it. I think he, he found a, a thing that worked. A winning formula. And, and just ran with it, didn't yeah. they? So join us next time. We're going to be talking about the Breakfast Club, which is Liam's choice. Yep. Liam, Paul, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. See you very soon. See you later. Ta-ta. The management of this theatre suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Astronauts, that that infernal jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. When you feel down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown. Try positive thinking. Laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side. On hope so much depends. With your confidence sinking, positive thinking. Helps you on the way, my friend. When things look black, try positive thinking. Treat every season as spring. No glancing back, try positive thinking. Trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, We'll get together and life won't let us down. Shut up, you ugly bitch. Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.